Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get first-hand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini-episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple shot K-Cup with my guest, Rob Gilbert. We're getting into the last few questions here. And I, I want to talk with you, Rob, about your best-selling book, which was published in late 2021, mm-hmm. published to incredible reviews, Die Before They Do, From Selling Drugs to Lunch with Jim Carrey, Stories of Struggle, Near-Death Experiences, and Creating a Life with Meaning. Why did you want to write this book? And holy shit, you did it in like 40 three or 44 days, something like that, which is mind blowing. (laughs) So, oh, smiling so big right now. Not unlike many people, I had a goal and aspiration and dream at some point to write a book. It's something that I wanted to do. And there was a point maybe even 10 years ago where I had a bunch of like sticky notes and some early ideas, but I didn't know the purpose of the book. It felt kind of forced. I really didn't have clarity on who I was fully and it it didn't take off. And for last year, I really set a goal. I just got rid of the sticky notes. I had three stickies on the wall as far as like what one of the goals were. And to write my first book was one of them. So I started speaking to people and I started talking to someone who's a book agent, someone else who's a book coach. And the good advice that I got from a few people was, hey, you're a coach, Rob, you've got a couple of programs. Just take one of your programs, distill it into a book. It'll be quick, it'll be easy, it'll be great for the top of funnel for you know your your marketing system. And I tried, it felt gross, it felt forced, it felt like homework, it felt like I was forcing it and I really, really wasn't down with it. And then my incredible loving partner pointed out that my storytelling tended to resonate well when I shared it online and that she thinks I'm a pretty good storyteller and I could do a kind of a collection of stories. And then I started thinking about whether it's like Chicken Soup for the Soul or some other kind of books like Glennon Doyle's Untamed. I was just going to say that. I've got it right here. Untamed. Untamed. sounds like Glennon, her approach to writing. Yeah. And so she gave me her copy of that and I read that and I thought, huh. And then in in combination with that, I had put a post out and one of my friends and clients and incredible people, Kate, reached out and went out of her way to say, I don't know if you know this, but you're an actual, a fantastic storyteller. And it's not something that I'd ever kind of considered. And then once I made that decision, and once I realized that, and I gave myself permission that this is what the book could look like, and it didn't need to be like some forced thing that was going to be great for the 
top of funnel. I'm doing quotes if you're only listening to audio here. Then it flowed out of me. And from the point where I declared it, I wrote most of the book in seven days in a hotel room. And I wrote the first draft was 43 days. Yeah. So, so inspiring to me because I too want to write a book and I find it, it does kind of put that finger on the nerve of imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. and how the hell will I do that? And what would the book be about? And, and all of those things. So huge respect, huge respect, Rob. Congratulations. Thank you. Rob, one of the questions that I try to ask all time for coffee guests is if they would share a time in their professional life when they struggled, when they failed, maybe when they got fired. And I talk openly mm-hmm. about this here on the show and on LinkedIn about having been fired twice in my 40s and later came to realize what unbelievable opportunities for growth they had been and how grateful I am they happened. And I know that this ties into the book. Mm -hmm. What about you? What would you want to share as a way to inspire our young listeners to appreciate that these are all opportunities for growth? Yeah, I think the basic biggest example, and I love that you shared, you openly share that you've been, you know, fired twice in your forties. Was me being, yeah, let go and fired in my my mid thirties, and it's hard when you're in it. Anything that's difficult when you're in the moment, it's hard. But if you really do believe that things are happening for you, you know, they're not happening to you, then you can start to see the lesson. And if you can start thinking about what can you get from this? How can I learn from this? How is, how might this possibly be good? And the way I ended up there is just not listening to my inner compass. Like I wasn't happy. I didn't really care for the mission of the company. There was crap going on with politics in the office that I was trying to avoid. And like, it's just, it was clear that my expiration date in that role wasn't there, but I was ignoring my intuition. I wasn't listening to the little voice. And it makes me think of the really great Jim Carrey quote. Then all that you can fail at something that you don't like doing. So you might as well try doing what you love. Beautiful. So what would your, what would a story be? So I'm working at, I don't want to say the the company, I was working somewhere and that was it. Like I wasn't bought into the company's mission, wasn't really happy. Things were shifting. Things were getting really political. And I tried to ignore it, play the ostrich role, ignore it. It will kind of go away. and. Yeah, I got called in, got told I was done, got walked out. It was crazy. And it's just such a, a in the moment, it's such a crush to confidence. It's such a, like, who am I? And what value do I have? And will I be able to find another job? What could I have done to, to have stopped this? And just, it doesn't, it's not the end of you. Just know that I think that's something like, if there's a, a, one beautiful, awesome gift from the pandemic, it's people realizing that they are not their jobs and that they are different and they can be someone outside of work. And kind of bringing everyone who's on a treadmill sprinting without really stopping to think about it. It's like someone came and unplugged all the treadmills and people were forced to kind of deal with their, you know, their work-life balance, happiness, purpose, and alignment. So yeah, look, I, I was out of alignment with the job. I didn't believe in the mission. There was politics going on that I either was trying to avoid or even got sucked into a couple of times and it blew up in my face and I got fired. It's a huge, huge, painful experience. So difficult at the moment. 
was worried about whether I was going to be able to afford the apartment I was living in and support the children and all sorts of terrible stuff. Like, we're going to punch to the gut. Like, I cried. I cried for weeks trying to process it. But the absolute best gift and the absolute huge blessing. And I heard a quote last week that I'm really loving is that sometimes blessings look like bullshit. I think that's a way to frame it. What is the learning here? So one final opportunity for learning for our young listeners, Rob, if you could talk to them right now, those who are graduating later this year, we're doing this interview in sort of early-ish February 2022, how they can create an intentional life with meaning, purpose, and impact. What advice would you give them? I think the most powerful thing I could say to them is to question their fear. To question their fear. That this fear of like, well, what if it doesn't work out? What if it's not the right role? What if I'm judged? What will my parents think? What will that fear is a liar and it's trying to keep you safe, but based on worried about saber-toothed tigers and worried about there being a bear and worried about stuff that don't exist. And it's the world that... There's a few things. One, anyone who's saying to you, oh, well, what about that? What about the risk? Have you thought about that? And that seems dangerous. That Those people are all talking through their own fears at you and they're projecting their fears on you. When it comes to our parents, cousins, whoever, peer groups, well-meaning, many of them well-meaning, they might even love you and be so well-meaning. But again, they're, that's through their lens of their own worries and their own fears. And especially if they're people that are considerably older than you, they lived in a different world. They grew up in a world where like, you get a job, there's a defined benefit. You're guaranteed you'll be there for 15, 20, 25 years. You leave, you got a pension. Pensions don't exist. Job security doesn't exist. So you're getting advice that is so out of date. And I always think back to when I was a kid and I was afraid of the monster under my bed. And it was a fear that would stop me from going to the washroom. It was a fear from stopping me to go get books off my shelf. And as long as I tried to pretend it wasn't there or ignored it or didn't look, then it festered in the dark and it grew bigger in the dark. The best thing my mom could do is she came in and we just shine a big bright light under there. What's under there? You know, and it's the same thing with your fears. Ask it questions. What is the worst thing that could happen? If it did happen, what might you be able to do to address it? What are the upsides, the potential learning, the potential growth that you can get from taking this risk, from trying something new, from applying to that industry that you never thought before, from putting your hand up for that promotion, for trying to create a side business, whatever it is, they like the word. We've heard it so much that people forget what it means. Like, get out of your comfort zone. We hear it so much. But when you're in your comfort zone, it means that you can predict the outcomes. It means that there's nothing that can happen that is dangerous or safe. And it's like that quote about boats. A boat is safest in the harbor, but boats weren't created to stay in the harbor. It's the same for you. So if you want learning, if you want growth, if you want to expand, when you're younger is the time to do it. And to question the fear, to challenge the fear. Because there's no dragon. There's no bear. There's no, it's not actually true. No saber-toothed tigers. There's no saber-toothed tiger. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T for C. 
And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the Coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org, or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.